Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, as always, and the regular season is over. 20 teams are home. 12 teams remain in their chase for the Lombardi Trophy. But it wasn't necessarily the 12 teams that we expected, both from the beginning of the season nor at the beginning of the day. We're recording this on a Sunday night, so still trying to process everything. But one of the things that happened... On Sunday, and of course, we will preview and get to all of the playoff games. We'll talk about uh, Black Monday, which is slowly turning into Black Sunday evening. Uh, we need to talk about the way the NFC playoff picture shook out. It was less than a month ago. The Eagles were six and seven. Carson Wentz was hurt, and Philly was dead on arrival, heading to Los Angeles to play a very good Rams team. Fast forward three weeks, the champs are in the playoffs. The Vikings are not. And while the Eagles are certainly a great story, we'll get to them when we talk about the Eagles and the Bears, the Vikings may be even the bigger story. Hill, not that you're a Vikings fan, but you're a Minnesota native. Uh, thoughts on the hometown team and their 8-7-1 and one season that ended without a trip to the postseason. Yeah, this is like when uh, Bugs Bunny has the gun and he shoots it and it says bang instead of a bullet coming out. It's like the Vikings fans are blowing their little Viking hordes. There's a sad little sign coming out saying, oh, we missed the playoffs. I mean, this is incredible. Like, we were talking about this before the show. This was a team that we were looking at in – June, July, August, when we were previewing the season, saying, man, these guys just loaded up. They came, you know, within a game of the Super Bowl, like a Super Bowl, which they would have hosted. This is going to be the year. Like, they got Kirk Cousins. They went and finally got a quarterback. They paid a lot of money to get him. And time and time again, when it came to Kirk Cousins stepping up in a big game, people are going to highlight today, or the Week 17 game against Chicago, and say he didn't deliver. He didn't deliver against New Orleans. He didn't deliver against New England. He didn't deliver against any of the Los Angeles. He didn't deliver when he needed to. Like, this was just abysmal. So this is an absolute failure by the Vikings. People are saying that Mike Zimmer could be the surprise firing the offseason. I don't know if I would necessarily go that far. But there's definitely something that needs to happen because something always goes wrong with the Vikings. Last year, they literally had a miracle. The Minneapolis miracle to continue their season. And now this year, nothing goes right for them. They fire John Filippo, who is supposed to be the wonderkind who comes over from Philly. Doesn't work out. I mean, this is just... For a, for a franchise that is habitually on the wrong side of things, 
at least they got this out of the way right away. This is the most normal way the Vikings have lost something, and it's still absolutely incredible that this collapse happened. I mean, this team lost to the Bills earlier this season. At home. Josh Allen. Like, There's your difference. What the heck? There's your difference between going to the playoffs and not going. Uh, look, I think everything you said was well put. I don't have a ton to add to it other than, look, Minnesota, I don't know where they go from here. Okay, They have the third fewest dollars to spend going forward uh, in terms of cap space, a little over $11 million per overthecap.com. Um, they have tough decisions to make. They're not going to improve this team except through the draft. And when you look at the roster, the offensive line stinks. The bigger problem they have, and I will never blame Rick Spielman for going out and getting Cousins. Mm-mm. Cousins this year, anytime they needed him in a big game, where was he? Where was he? Today he was going 20-33 for a buck 32 and a touchdown. That stinks. I don't care that the Bears have a good defense. You're getting paid $84 million. Make a play. Do something. And he didn't do something. He did nothing, and that's why they're going home. Look, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at Cousins' game-by-game stats, his game, game log, and what I'm looking at is when they played the Rams, it was the one game this year when they were in a big moment he played well. He threw for 422 yards, three touchdowns. Okay, He was terrific in that game. Props to him. Against the Saints, 31-41 for 359 yards, but he killed them with two turnovers. Threw a pick, lost a fumble. Okay, Those turnovers are devastating. And against the Bears back in November on Sunday Night Football, 46 attempts for 262 yards with two picks. Not good enough. Against the Pats, 201 yards on 44 attempts, a touchdown and two picks. It's not good enough. You're not going to win Super Bowls. Oh, and by the way, here are his numbers for the last five. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Games of the year, just in yardage. 201, 208, 215, 253, 132. Oof. And he didn't leave any of those games hurt. So I think the, the Vikings have a Cousins problem. Now he's only signed for two more years, but look, you're paying him a mint. Mm-hmm. Like, you were tied to him. And I don't know if you're the Vikings, what you do from here. Because I don't know how you get better beyond just nailing the draft, which is more of a crapshoot than it is anything else. So I agree with you. In a year where the, where the Packers did not play well, this was a huge opportunity for the Vikings. They squandered it supremely, and now they're missing the playoffs. And it's fair to wonder. And I include this in my column Monday morning, stacking the box, fanside.com, go check it out. I led with Black Monday and the talk about who may get fired, who's already been fired, who's safe. Mike Zimmer could be that guy that is the, the coach who every year there's always that one. You're like, wow, I didn't think he'd get fired. Wouldn't be shocked. Five years in, and look, Zimmer's done a nice job in Minnesota, but this is a gigantic disappointment. Mm-hmm. This is like, look, Denny Green did kind of the same thing throughout his tenure with the Vikings. Where he was a guy who was reliable. He's not a dislikable head coach. He's not a guy who's tanking the franchise. He, there's progress every single year with Denny Green. That's a good comparison. But he never got it done. They got to two NFC Championship games with him, or it just wasn't enough. And that, that, that's kind of the same case here with Zimmer. He gave him a good defense. That was the identity. But you have to wonder if that window's closed. The Bears are here. That defense is 
arguably as good or better than the Vikings are right now. And I mean, they're a playoff team, so they, they're, they're the better team. The Packers are on a downswing, but you never know what you're going to get with Rodgers and a new head coach, whoever that is. And the Lions, yeah, they stink this year, but there's always the off chance that Patricia can put together a good 9-7 and seven season, and that's a monkey wrench that the Vikings can't handle. Their opportunity to win has come and gone, I think, and I, it's unfortunate. But, hey, it's Minnesota sports. This always happens. This is, if anything other than this would have happened, I think it would have been the more shocking outcome. But this is – Zimmer's a great coach, but this is bad. This is an absolute failure. Yeah, I think there's no way around it. Minnesota's most disappointing team in the league this year. Now, to move off them, uh, there are a lot of teams that are moving on from their head coaches. We already know for a fact – again, we're doing this on Sunday night. Your team, Dirk Cutter, hey, he is gone. Todd Bowles of the Jets is gone. Looks like GM Mike McCagney is safe. Uh, Jason Light in Tampa, not sure yet. Uh, he's he's leading the search for the next head coach. Seems like that would mean he's staying, but there hasn't been confirmation of that. Uh, other coaches that we know are gone, even though they haven't been officially announced yet, but Vance Joseph is gone in Denver. Yeah, uh, That's a foregone conclusion. And it seems as though Steve Wilkes would be a miracle if he held on to his job in Arizona. It seems like a full house cleaning coming there. So those are four openings. The Packers and the Browns, they're going to be looking for full-time head coaches. So that's at least a half dozen. And then you get into Mike Zimmer, is he there, is he gone? Uh, Baltimore, what's going on with that? We'll get into that in a second. I want to touch on that. We have some interesting news there. Uh, You look at Miami with Adam Gates, which is tied to this whole thing with Harbaugh. So there are a lot of different moving parts. But there's going to be at least six six head coach openings and maybe as many as eight, nine – uh, and there's not a whole lot of coaches that you would say are big-time prospects to take mm-hmm. those jobs. So an interesting carousel starting here uh, on Black Monday. And, again, like I said earlier, really almost on like a Black Sunday evening. Yes. Teams don't even wait anymore for Monday. It's a, a bloody Sunday. Um, yeah, Cutter being gone. The, the most interesting thing to me now is we live in a Sean McVay, Andy Reid, offensive-minded league, which uh, – you would automatically assume, okay, a, co- a team is going to go out and get an off- offensive-minded head coach. But they're going to. That's the smart thing to do. You really can't win with a defensive-minded head coach. But you look at Todd Mocking. You look at some of these guys who are being released from these staffs now. Not necessarily to be head coaches, but, you know, Todd Bowles. He's a really interesting defensive coordinator candidate now. You know, your Chiefs, we talk week in and week out about Bob Sutton. If he's gone somehow and Bowles is out there, that's a great fit. People are talking about Bruce Arians coming back. Bowles would maybe follow Bruce Arians to Tampa. For maybe, sure. You know, who's to say Arians doesn't maybe want to go one more stint back in Arizona? He goes back with Josh Rosen. They didn't leave on bad terms. You know, that was a very amicable split. So you don't know. And there's these candidates that Rex Ryan wants to make a comeback. John Filippo flamed out in Minnesota. That's an offensive coordinator candidate you want to look at. So while we're all going to be really focused on these head coaches – it's the staffs that are really, really important. Because Dirk Cutter, for all intents and purposes, the Buccaneers had a great offense. Jameis Winston today, they scored 32 points on offense. He goes for almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, one pick. Yep. But they lose. If you don't put together a good staff, you're not going to win. So while we're all going to be really obsessed with finding the next McVay, it's what are you going to do with the staff? Because McVay had LaFleur. Shanahan had McVay. Like, these are guys who have good staffs. That's, to me, going to be the most interesting thing to watch here because, no, there's not a lot of good head coaching candidates, but there's a lot of interesting uh, coordinator candidates out there. And that's going, to be, that's going to be something that's going to make or break a lot of these hires. Yeah, I, I think that's all fair. And, look, you know, sources have told Fanside that one thing that's very interesting to watch, the Ravens won their division. 
Okay, but John Harbaugh has one year off since contract for $8 million. Mm-hmm. Um, sources have indicated that the Ravens are interested in holding on to him into the offseason for the purposes of trading him. Now, it's not a guarantee that he's going to get moved, but they're going to field some offers. They're going to see what's out there. And if that comes to pass, if the Dolphins are the front runner. The Broncos are also very interested in that. Obviously, the Broncos are going to have an opening. The Dolphins, assumingly, would in that case with, mm-hmm. with Adam Gates moving on. Uh, it be interesting to see, by the way, if Gates got another head coaching job right away. Uh, I don't know if he would, but something to throw out there. Um, had a source indicate to me that he would be of interest in some places. So uh, I think that's one thing to note. But if Harbaugh gets traded, then who comes into Baltimore? If, if Harbaugh goes to Miami, does Flacco go with him? That, that's another thing to factor in. So there's a lot of madness. So then sources also on another story tell fansided that the Browns are very interested in Mike McCarthy. At least John Dorsey's interested in Mike McCarthy. They're good buddies. You go way back to Green Bay. But that Jimmy Haslam, the apple of his eye is Greg Williams. Well, the apple of, of John Dorsey's eye is not Greg Williams. No. Uh, not say that it's personal. I just don't think Dorsey feels that Greg's approach is, is the right one long term. And so, interesting there is he wins a power struggle. If, if Williams ends up keeping that job and it goes permanent, how does that leave Dorsey? Mm-hmm. Is, Dor- is Dorsey almost neutered now all of a sudden in Cleveland? Does he accept that? So there's a lot of moving parts. McCarthy, I think, would be a great fit there. Uh, I think it's a home run hire for the Browns. People say, whatever they want about McCarthy, look, it went stale in Green Bay. The guy had a long, long tenure of success mm-hmm. with the Packers. So it will be very interesting to see how that all shakes yeah. out. Uh, and then there's, like we talked about, some other openings. Arizona, we'll see. Aaron, you brought up, that'd be interesting. If Gase got fired, would he go there? You'd get Josh Rosen? Yeah. That'd be interesting, right? Like, I, I could see that. Um, there's some talk that maybe he'd go to Detroit as a coordinator, work on the Patricia. There's ties to that organization as well. So... A lot of moving parts. Uh, the Jets, uh, they've been linked by Pro Football Talk to Jim Harbaugh, mm-hmm. which that would be fascinating, Jim Harbaugh. Oh, yeah. And then Armando Segarra talked about Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan to the Dolphins. That would be unbelievable. <laughs> Rex Ryan. Is Rex Ryan to Miami. East. My God, how many bars would Rex Ryan close down in Miami? Quite Rex, a few. Rex Ryan. Get Rob Ryan in there. Oh, God. Party time. <laughs> Look out. Good night. You know, you know what would be amazing? I was like, think about that dichotomy. Is You have Miami, which... Is a very laid back, mm-hmm. let's have a good time city. And then there's Rex Ryan. Oh, yeah. Who's just, and I mean this lovingly, but is a maniac. Right? Like that would be, that would be a lot of fun to see how that all shakes out. But uh, look, a lot of moving and shaking going on. But let's get to uh, some of the, the news on the field. Of course, we've, we've sat here and, and talked about all these questions we will as we go forward. But one thing, actually, one team I also want to get to in the, in the vein of Vikings. We can do this quickly, but the Steelers. Yeah. Wow. They beat Cincinnati barely and then sat on the field and watched in Pittsburgh as, as Baltimore hung on by the skin of its collective teeth to beat uh, the Browns in, in M&T Bank Stadium. Look, Tomlin's not going to get fired in all likelihood because they're a very conservative franchise, and he's had a lot of success there. But, boy, you want to talk about disappointing teams. I said the Vikings are the most disappointing team in the league, and I believe that. The Steelers are runner-up. Yeah. 7-2-1. You got all the talent in the world. You didn't have a lot of injuries this year, and that happens. That is a very rough – and I got to tell you, the, the future looks bleaker than it did in the past because mm-hmm. they're not getting any younger. No. And you got to think at some point here with Tom, it's just kind of run its course. Roethlisberger signed for one more year. The Browns, they're coming. 
Mm-hmm. They look Mayfield's legit. Dorsey knows what he's doing. Okay, look at his draft record in Kansas City. Look at it in Cleveland. He knows what he's doing. They're gonna get good. Baltimore is good every year. The only question I have with Baltimore is Jackson. Yeah. I just I don't know if he can play. And that defense, while very good, is not the youngest in the in the world. But you know, Pittsburgh for a long time it's always seemed like, well, as long as they're better than Baltimore, it's a free ride. Mm-hmm. It's not the case. No, and they're not better than Baltimore this year. Which, by the way, we both called Baltimore to win the AFC North before the season. So, and then backed out of it a month ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in now. Yeah. I'm here. I, I'm fully behind that prediction. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh's infinitely disappointing, but it's not surprising because we talked about in the offseason specifically why we picked Baltimore to win the AFC North is the wheels are getting wobbly on the clown car, and they're they're going to come off. And you know the Le'Veon Bell stuff this year that affected a lot of things. Uh, some of the decision-making that Mike Tomlin had, James Conner gets hurt, Antonio Brown, there's problems there, both on the field and off the field. Roethlisberger doesn't look like who he was before, which is natural because he's getting older. My prediction with all of that is when Roethlisberger goes, that's when Tomlin goes. That's when the Roonies are like, look, let's blow this thing up. It's not like they've cycled through head coaches. They've, I mean, they're famous for retaining their head coaches for long periods of time. Tomlin's been there forever, it seems. And he's had a good tenure. And he's going to he's like a uh, like a Harbaugh or one of these coaches that are going to get fired or mutually part ways or get relieved of their duties, something real soft language that they're going to say. And then he's going to get a job two seconds later. Like, this is Andy Reid and Philadelphia all over again. Like, it's just run its course. It's going to get a job somewhere else. And both he and the Steelers are going to be fine. It's the Steelers. Like, that's a marquee job. Somebody's going to get in there. They're going to turn that around. It's going to be fine. But I, it's not going to happen this season. They're going to get one, maybe two more goes out of this. And then that's going to be that. Which is unfortunate, but all good things come to an end. Well, that is, that is true. Uh, look, I just want to go back, and then we'll get to the, uh, the rest of it here. But my playoff predictions... Let's go back to the first week of the year. Okay, I wrote this in our NFL season preview. Uh, here are my division winners in the AFC. New England, Baltimore, Houston, Kansas City. My number one wild card was the Chargers. My number two wild card is the Titans. But we're doing this during Sunday Night Football. And the <laughs> Titans are playing the Colts. So not only was I, was I spot on all that stuff, uh, could have six for six here. And if not, boy, I came real close. I feel pretty good. Now, the NFC, eh. I had Philly win the division. They didn't win, but they did make the playoffs. Yeah. I had the Packers winning the division. Nope. Had the Falcons winning the division. Nope. Had the Rams winning the division. Yep. Had the Vikings making the playoffs as a wild card. Nope. Nope. And then had no, the Saints. No. Saints as a wild card team, Limping obviously. Six seed. A little bit different. So I, uh, I nailed, I nailed the AFC for the most part. The NFC, I was more hit and miss on. Now the, the shame of it was I had Atlanta win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, that's a shame. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, week one says hello and good night. Uh, and I had Aaron Rodgers as the, uh, the MVP. Yeah, well, so these Mike things, McCarthy says hello, too. That's, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. I'd like to say that wasn't the case. I could have swore that I had the Rams winning the Super Bowl. But that's not there. I didn't even make it. Um, I, hell, I, looking at this, I didn't have any in the AFC title. <laughs> I had Atlanta over Green Bay. The NFC was a train wreck for me. The AFC not bad, although I do not think Houston is going to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, after seeing what we've seen. Yeah, so I, 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 was, I was all over the place. I had the Patriots, the Texans, the Chargers, Ravens, Chiefs, and Jets. I believe in the Ooh, Jets the a little Jets. bit too much. Oh. I, I, went, I went full New York, too, because in the NFC, I had Vikings, Saints, Rams, Giants. Ugh, RIP to that one. Packers and the Falcons. So we, it's firm, as, as though it wasn't firmly established before who the NFL expert is and isn't. <laughs> it's very much. Although I will say, I do have the Chargers 
going on a very deep run in my playoff bracket. I had them going to the Super Bowl and playing the Vikings. Okay. So, obviously, the Vikings well, screwed us both. Hey, man, like it happens. Thanks, uh, my, thanks Zimmer. My, my picks are as, as, good as, uh, as good as anybody's and as bad as anybody's. So, that's okay. Uh, all right, so... Wild card weekend is upon us, or at least we'll be here soon enough. Two games Saturday, two games on Sunday. And uh, we don't know the matchup yet Saturday afternoon. The Sunday night game is going on as we're doing this. Uh, it's got 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Titans got to hand it to them. They are somehow fighting and clawing into this game. They're down by a touchdown, but they had the ball there on the move. Um, so Houston will play, obviously, the winner of that game. Game will be at Houston. Of course, there's no line for it yet. Sunday, or Saturday night, rather. Seattle is at Dallas. The game's on NBC. Dallas is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So Vegas says it's Seattle, a slightly better team. Sunday morning slash afternoon, the Chargers are at the Ravens. I think that's a tough draw for the Chargers. I'll tell you why. The Chargers are a West Coast team coming all the way across country, and they're playing early. Yep. That game is, I believe, at 1230. Excuse me, it's 1 o'clock Eastern. Mm-hmm. It's a 1 o'clock Eastern game. That's 10 a.m. for the Chargers. That is, I'm shocked that they put them in that spot, didn't flip the game so they could be the late Sunday afternoon game, but they're not, so it is what it is. The Chargers at Baltimore. Baltimore favored by field goal, so you see that game is even, although the Ravens, of course, a couple weeks ago took care of business, went to, went to stop up center, 122-10. And then Philly at Chicago, the Bears favored by seven, mm-hmm. laying a touchdown. So before we break down each game, make our picks, uh, which game of the four, and of course the one we're still kind of waiting on who's going to be in it, but which one is most intriguing to you? Uh, Philadelphia and Chicago is very interesting to me because we were saying this when the, the Bears and the Vikings game was on. Whether or not Chicago should take their foot off the gas and say, all right, Minnesota, we'll see you a third time. We'll see you next week. We've kind of got your number, two for two. Um, I, I'm really nervous if I'm a Bears fan and I'm looking at the Eagles coming in. Like, it's the same story as last year. Like, it's the sequel, but it's a different, you know. Nick Foles, he's not supposed to do anything. This team's supposed to be cooked. They're not supposed to make the playoffs. And here they are. I mean, they make it, and they're going into it. They're running into a team in Chicago. It's really good defense. But Mitchell Trubisky, time and time again, has been a wild card that we're unsure about. So the offense, it might be there for Chicago, but I do not want to be playing Philadelphia right now. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago when we said that the Chargers were a team that were heating up at the right time and were going to go into the playoffs on that hot streak a la the Packers when they went to the Super Bowl, the Giants when they went to the Super Bowl and beat the, the, the Patriots. The Chargers seemed like they were on that. The Eagles are very much on that, and we're not giving them any credit just like we weren't last year. So here we are. I, I don't know if the Bears are going to lose. I'm just saying that is, to me, the most interesting game of Wild Card Weekend because – it, it, it epitomizes this idea that we have no idea what's going to go on in any of those games. There's no clear-cut favorite. Like, outside, even the Houston game, like, they get Indianapolis. You don't know what's going to happen there. Seattle and Dallas, what's going on with that? The Chargers, yeah, they just lost a couple of weeks ago at home to the Ravens. But is it going to be a different game? I don't know, but the Bears and the Eagles game is the most interesting one to me because that throws a monkey wrench in a lot of this NFC playoff picture. You know, I find that game fascinating as well. Uh, Jason Kohler, editor of Chief, and I will be at the game. Looking forward to it. Should be a great atmosphere. Uh, I'll, I'll go another way, though. I'll take the Chargers and the Ravens. These are two teams that just saw each other in Week 16, and the Ravens went in there and really 
saved our season, won the division, 122 to 10. That game has gigantic implications now looking back. If the Chargers win, the Chargers are the one seed. The Chargers win the division, the Chiefs are the five, and the Chiefs are probably going to play Pittsburgh. So it's fascinating how that all changes. But Baltimore wins the game. Of course, they win the division. The Chargers are 12 and four, tied for the best record in the AFC, and they're five seed. So uh, that's that's the way it goes. My question is, look, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, I believe, were 6-1. The only game they lost was that overtime game at Arrowhead Stadium, and it took Mahomes making a yeah. miracle throw to, to get the job done for the Chiefs. My question is, can Baltimore do it again now that they're – this is the first time Jackson's faced a team for the second time. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Do the Chargers have a new game plan? Can they stop Rivers again? Last time they sacked him four times. He threw two picks. He was under 200 yards passing. Now, this game is going to be in Baltimore. So you would think the Ravens would have more of an edge here. But, again, the Ravens run a very unique offense. I think when you see it the first time, that's very hard to get used to. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing it again. And you're not seeing tape of Lamar Jackson against somebody else. You're seeing it against you. It's a big difference. I am very curious to see how the Chargers play in that game. I will say I think whoever wins that game is dangerous. I don't think the Ravens can win the Super Bowl because I just do not believe in Lamar Jackson's ability to throw. Maybe that changes over the years, but right now that's how I feel. I think the AFC would love to see the Chargers out. They're very balanced. They've got what, in my opinion, is a Hall of Fame quarterback. They can play. And I I think if if you are Kansas City, if you're New England, you probably rather see Philip Rivers go quietly into that good night. I, yeah. That's just, some would argue, some would say, look, Baltimore's defense scares the heck out of you, and they certainly are terrific. I just think is in what is a quarterback league, that's a that's a big out if the Chargers go out early, and I think that'll be a great game. Uh, yeah, I'm sticking with my narrative of this is Philip Rivers' moment, and it could be his last moment. Like this is we just talked about how the stars aligned for the Vikings and they didn't take their opportunity. This I. Don't remember a time where the Stars have lined this well for the Chargers, where they've managed to stay as healthy as they possibly can throughout most of the season. Phillip Rivers is playing vintage Phillip Rivers football. The defense is phenomenal. Derwin James, everybody's forgetting about how great he is, but he's silently been probably you know a Rookie of the Year candidate. The Chargers, they can win the Super Bowl. I really think that they can. They've gone up against Kansas City and they've beaten them. They can take on New England. They're equipped to go against any of these other teams that are in the AFC, and I think that they can beat Baltimore. Now, this also has the, the makings of a game where Baltimore is going to sneak by, and it's gonna, they're going to go quietly in the divisional round because I don't think that they're going to match up well against Kansas City or uh, New England, whether they meet them in the divisional round or the championship. The, this is, the road to the Super Bowl is not there for Baltimore. It is for Los Angeles. This is a moment, if you like football stories, if you like the narratives of everything, this is a moment where Philip Rivers can avenge all of the wrongs that have come across him in his entire career. This is validation for him, and he wants it. This is as motivated as I've ever seen Philip Rivers, and this is awesome to watch him like this. I really like the Chargers in this game, both because of the story, and I just think that they're the better team. Like you said, seeing Lamar Jackson twice, the first time it's going to throw you off. Second time, especially if you've got tape of you against him, that, that that's a different ball game. So... Let's go here in chronological order. Okay, it looks like the Colts are going to play the Texans. Yeah. So let's go off that. All right, Indianapolis is, is winning and driving for what appears to be a winning score. Blaine Gabbert uh, threw a pick that defies. He was Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> I mean, God. 
I'm not even getting into it. Like, how that guy has started for four teams is just mind-blowing. You might as well just grab a guy out of the stands and, and play him. You, you might do better. But in any event, with the, the heck with the Titans, uh, I'm going to say something that all rage Titans fans, although I do it all the time here with Mariota. They're the most boring, decent team in the NFL. I don't think the NFL is too upset that they're not going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that said, let's assume Colts, Texans, we don't know the lines, we won't get into all that. But uh, this would obviously be the third matchup between two teams. The first one was famously when they played in overtime in Indianapolis, it was week four. Mm-hmm. And the Texans actually was week four, it was the first win of the year. Yep. And the Colts went for it in their own, deep in their own territory, they didn't get it. And the Texans kick a field goal, they win the game. Uh, week 14, the Colts won in Houston 24-17, so now they'll try to win again in Houston a month later. Uh, your thoughts on the Colts and the Texans and who you like? Uh, I like the Colts, and I would like to take this moment to do what we like to do on the show and bash Bill O'Brien, because how in God's name did he let Deshaun Watson... Oh, we spent Watson three hours screaming about this. ...run around in a game that you're winning 20-3, to a game that was well put away in the third Jackson. quarter. Can't score like, a what point. the hell? Like, come on. Deshaun Watson is the lifeblood of that team. If he gets hurt, it's curtain. We saw what happened last year. That's bad news. Uh, he's not hurt. They're going to play. They're hosting. I don't think that this bodes well for Houston, though, because Indianapolis is the better team. Frank Wright, you know, we just talked about how Phillip Rivers is having his moment. Derwin James is quietly one of the best defensive players in football. Frank Wright, get him in the playoffs. Get him under that spotlight so we can fully appreciate what he did for Indianapolis this year. This was a guy who was the second choice for a job somebody left at the altar. Like Josh McDaniels was the head coach of this team, and then he left. Frank Reich was the sloppy seconds, and guess what? He got them to the playoffs. He seems to be the right guy for the job, and he's a sneaky good hire. So getting that under the spotlight of the playoffs, I really appreciate. And also, from I mean, we say this all the time, outside of our fandoms, we just love good football. And Andrew Luck in the playoffs is good football. It's great, football. It's great to see him back in the playoffs. And I know it's going to give you heart palpitations knowing that if he's coming to Arrowhead, it's going to be problems. But that, I mean, the deeper Andrew Luck gets in the playoffs, the more we can remind ourselves of what he is and he can establish, reestablish himself as a great quarterback in this league, I think that that's great. I like the Colts too. And actually, I like you bringing up Bill O'Brien because why not? <laughs> we were both sitting here at the fans office in Chicago watching this game. See, what is he doing? They're playing a team that, look, no offense to Jacksonville, okay, it's a lost year. Bortles is, is beyond shot in that city. He is, he is going to be jettisoned as fast as humanly possible. And they're running, like, read options and then other plays where there's not even an option. Like, he's just running, like, a quarterback sweep around then. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're up by two touchdowns against a team that can't score a point. They could have played for a month in Jacksonville when they scored 20 points. And you're out here with him running the ball. Look, you want to keep him on the field? Fine. Let him throw three-step drop pass. Let him hand off to Lamar Miller. I get you're trying to win. you got to win to sew up the division. Fine. The game is over. And he's out. I mean, it wasn't just us. The broadcast was, oh, yeah. it was Andrew Catalan, James Lawson, CBS. They were kidding. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Killing them. Like, what are you, it was just a ridiculous way to coach. Look, I believe in Frank Wright. He's a very good hire. Andrew Luck has been great. If, if not from Mahomes, he'd be my MVP pick. He's been awesome. 
Uh, give me the Colts in this game. I think the Texans could win. I'm not going to sit here and say I think it's crazy that the Texans could win. They're at home. It's not going to be easy beating them twice in Houston in a month. Okay, the one thing that does concern me with the Colts is I don't think the defense is very good. Mm. And I think against good offenses, they could get lit up. I know people will point, well, they shut out Dallas. Dallas can't Dallas. do that. Yeah. Dallas doesn't have the, the offensive capabilities to other teams do. Now, mm. the good side of it is for the Colts is it's Watkins and it's Hopkins. And, Watkins, excuse me. It is Watson and it's Hopkins. And Miller to a degree, and there's not a whole heck of a lot else. Okay, They don't have the tight end. They don't have any other receivers with Marius Thomas and Will Fuller being hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, their offensive line stinks, and that's why I'm going with the Colts. I think the Colts can do enough against that offense. The question I have with the Colts, and believe me, as you mentioned, palpitations aren't even the beginning <laughs> of it, is if they play the Chiefs, I mean. can, can they stop them? Now, do they have to stop them? I don't know. The Chiefs might just give up 55 points. But I will say this. You want to see an exciting game through for offense? If those two teams see each other, those two quarterbacks, that is going to be unbelievable. And with the Chiefs' history against the Colts in the playoffs, I'm not going to get into it, but go look it up. <laughs> okay, And it goes far beyond uh, Lux game. There's a oh, couple yeah. of them. That would be interesting. In fact, very sad or fun fact, man, who you root for. Arrowhead Stadium opened in 1972. The Chiefs and the Colts both had the same amount of playoff points there. Mm-hmm. Two each. Wow. Yeah, so awesome. Good time. <laughs> Uh, but in any event, we'll get to that in a week if, if it comes to pass. Kicking the old playoff. Moves. I will take the Colts to win. I don't know what the line is, of course, but I would take them to cover unless they're favored by more than three. Yeah. Uh, I just think they're the better team. They've won nine of ten, and I don't trust Houston. I think Watson's a really good player. I think their defense at front seven is really good. Their secondary is not really good, and I don't trust the coach. He scares the hell out of me. I just don't trust him in a big spot, and so – Give me Indianapolis. I am with you all the way. Moving to the Saturday night game. It is Dallas home to Seattle. Seattle eked out a win and meant nothing against Arizona. Arizona now. Here's a fun fact. The first overall pick for the Cardinals. It's the first time they've had it since 1958 when they were the Chicago Cardinals. Mm. They took a quarterback named King Hill. He finished his career with 38 touchdowns and 71 picks. Here's to hoping this one goes better. Okay. So, Seattle won. The Cowboys also won. Yep. Uh, meaningless game. They were locked in the four seed. So, Dallas is favored by two and a half in this game, as I mentioned earlier. Do you like Dallas at home to advance, or do you like Seattle to find a way to win on the road and move on? God, this game is just so fascinating to me because you have the different facets you have to break down. You've got Garrett versus Carroll, which you're picking Carroll. You've got you're Dak, definitely you've got Dak. Dak versus Russell Wilson, and you're picking Russell Wilson. Yes, you are. Defensively, they match up. A little, I think you, you have to lean Dallas defensively. Um, Leighton Vandresh got a little banged up in a meaningless game, so you have to wonder what his health is going to be like going into this. Uh, but Shaquem Griffin also got banged up for the Seahawks. You, you know, there's injuries all around here. Um, man, I at the end of the day, I say give me Seattle. Because if you're going to get in a game where Russell Wilson's running around, and you know we saw last Sunday night, he was feeling himself with some of those throws. He out Mahomes, Mahomes. So he did. He was excellent. That was incredible. If he if he can tap into that, like people really discount how good of a quarterback Russell Wilson is. Because of all these years he's had to run around, they've said it's been on a necessity. He kind of has a good offensive line behind him now. Still doesn't have a ton of weapons, but is able to make something out of nothing. Give me Seattle in this one because if it comes down to it, I trust Russell Wilson, I trust Pete Carroll, and I think that defense has been brought up enough to win at least one game in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. This isn't some miracle run. But I think this is a nice little coda 
to a season where a lot of people wrote off Pete Carroll and the Seahawks and said that they're not going to be any good. I know we sat here before the season and said, you know, this team's done. Like, this is the Rams division. Oh, yeah. And it still oh, yeah. is the Rams division, but the Seahawks are hanging in there. Uh, if you're looking for a coach of the year candidate, there's a couple of them out there, but Pete Carroll's going to get a lot of votes because, holy cow, has he done a good job. Talk about Russell Wilson doing a lot with nothing. Pete Carroll. Wow. Well, you hit the nail on the head for me. I always, when I think the matchups are fairly even, which I do in this case, mm-hmm. I look at coach and quarterback. Seattle takes a clean sweep there for me. Uh, I like Seattle in this game. I know people say, well, they're not as good away from home. I don't care. I don't care. They don't want to win the playoffs. And, look, again, there's another game. To be very blunt, I think Dallas could win. I don't think it's crazy that they could win this game. But I like Seattle. I think Seattle finds a way. The Seahawks have played really good football. They started out the year only two of the 10 and 4 since. Seattle can play. They beat Kansas City. They, they played the Chargers down to the final play. In Seattle, they played the Rams very tough both games. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, the Rams want no part. I think oh, no. Game. <laughs> no, 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 okay. no. Seattle has been a nightmare for that. Now they beat them twice, mm-hmm. but both of those games they were close. circuses. Like if you're the Rams, you're not feeling great if that team's coming to town divisional round weekend. But, but give me the Seahawks in a tight, ugly knockdown dragon game because I believe Wilson will make two or three plays he shouldn't make. And I think sometimes in the playoffs, that's what it comes down to. You know, for me. Every once in a while, you get a team in the playoffs you look at and say, ah, team just doesn't belong. It's not that good. Um, there's no team in the playoffs, I, I feel like, that's the case with this year mm-hmm. in either conference. They're all good. They're all good. Yeah, some are better than others, but all of them can play. None of them are bum teams. There's no 8-8 eight eight team that's snuck no. in because of a bad division. Like, these teams can play. Um, and I'll, I can't remember a year of the quarterback placement better no. in, in, in the playoffs. I mean, you, there is, you know, you listen, Lamar Jackson, obviously, I think is the weak sister passing-wise, but. I mean, it's talented. You, you go down the line, okay? You go to the AFC, Mahomes, Brady, Watson, Jackson, Rivers, Luck. Not bad. No. I mean, you are loaded with talent. Then on the NFC side, you got Breeze. You got Goff. We'll see you with Trubisky, okay? You, you've got Prescott. You've got Wilson. You've got Foles, who's been terrific down the stretch. I mean, this is a very good field. But I do think Seattle finds a way to win in Dallas. I do think they move on. Uh, and, and look, if they win, they're going to be the kind of team that you look at on paper and say, eh. But nobody wants to see them because they know to win. They've been there. They've done it. And that quarterback on a given day can be anybody in the league. Uh, so keeping that all in mind, move to the Sunday slate. We talked a little bit about these games earlier. I'll let you uh, tee it up here. Chargers at the Ravens. Ravens favored by the home field goal, uh, your thoughts on the game? I mean, I, don't wanna, I, I feel really bad picking all the road teams here because historically that doesn't really ever play out. Well, we'll be wrong at least once or twice. Yeah, we'll be wrong at least so, once or twice. But, okay. I mean, I, just, I, I find it really hard to dislike the Chargers just because of the way that they're rolling into the playoffs. Like, they seem so effortlessly good when they've never seemed like this before. Like, there's always something that goes wrong. It's Anthony Lynn's clock management. It's the injuries are piling up. It's... The, you're always waiting for the late-game Philip Rivers interception that's going to break everybody's back. None of that has been happening. Now, this is all set up for a Vikings case, Keenum, the shoe is finally dropping moment in the AFC Championship game like it did last year in the NFC Championship game. But until then, it is really hard to dislike the Chargers. Now, if we're going with the head coach thing, you're obviously going Harbaugh over Anthony Lynn. But everything else slants towards the Chargers. The defense is great. I know the, the Ravens have a really, really good defense. 
But I think if the, if the Chargers can get it going on that side of the ball, that's going to be hard to deal with. Phillip Rivers is the better quarterback. The Chargers have the better run game. Give me, give me, give me Los Angeles in this one. This this one is going to be close. Like we kind of established, all these games are going to be. But if there's a conf, if I have to pick a game based on confidence, I'm picking the Chargers over the Ravens most confidently than I am any of these other games. I'm taking the Ravens. So uh, we'll disagree there. I, I, <laughs> here's why: I think the Chargers are the better team. I think the Ravens are a nightmare for the Chargers because they will hit Rivers over and over and over. like there are some teams that are unwilling to sell out. Mm-hmm. The Ravens do not care. I was incredibly impressed by them uh, down the stretch the second half of the year, whether it was against Chiefs or against the Chargers, uh, you know, whether it was t- against the Browns. You'll ask, oh, the Browns. The Browns, the end of the year, were good. Like, they could play. I was, I was incredibly impressed by them when they played the Saints earlier this year, even though they lost. Yeah. That's a good call. I don't think it matters at the games in Baltimore – not to say it's not a home field advantage, because I think Baltimore fans are good fans, but the Chargers are 7 1 on the road. They're very good at the road. So, and the only game they lost, ironically, was in Los Angeles. So I don't think it matters all that much. The reason I'm taking the Ravens is they, they do not care. They will just bring six, seven guys and they will hit Rivers mm-hmm. over and over and over. And like the one thing about Rivers, he's not like getting hit. And you know where he is. Yep. It's not getting out of the pocket. You know, against Watson, against Mahomes, it's a little bit different. So those guys can get out, they can make plays with their feet, they can buy some time. Rivers can't. If they get home, they're getting home. He's just right there in the middle of the pocket. So that worries me. And, and the other side of this thing is too, like the Chargers, when they played them the last time, remember, I get it. Rematches don't always breed the same game. The Chargers just got beat up in that game. I mean, they, they couldn't do anything. Rivers for most of the game was either on his back or just throwing picks. I mean, they, they could not move the ball. So I just wonder about the Chargers in that regard. I think the Chargers are the best team uh, in the game. And I'll tell you right now, I think the Chiefs and Chargers are the two best teams in the AFC. But I think both teams have huge flaws. And if you can attack them in those spots, you can, you can win. And the Chargers, to me, it's been better. But that offensive line's not great. And he is a sitting duck. If, if they get through that line, he's dead. Mm-hmm. It's just like for me with the Chiefs, whenever they eventually play here next weekend, if you can throw the ball really effectively against the Chiefs, you at least give yourselves a chance. They can't stop. They can't stop. So, But for that, look, give me the Ravens. I think they win. Uh, again, it's a, I'll say it for the third time. I think either team could win. I don't see a game where I say, oh, there's no way I'd be shocked uh, if the other team won. But give me... Uh, Baltimore in that game to win and to move on and be a pain in the side of somebody else. The final game of the weekend, maybe in some ways the most compelling. You certainly made that argument. It is the Bears at home against the Eagles. Everybody thought it was going to be the Vikings. It is not. It is Philadelphia. The Bears have nobody to blame but themselves for running Philadelphia in. <laughs> we'll see if that comes back to bite them. The Bears, of course, 12-4. and four. The Eagles are 9-7, and seven, but on a roll all of a sudden, Nick Foles channel, channeling his inner Joe Montana down the stretch here. Are you making it a clean sweep for the road teams? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Bears on this one. Uh, as much as I love the narrative about Nick Foles, like, seriously, we would live in a world where Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl and Nick Foles has two, and he's played what, like, eight games in the last two seasons. Like, he's the type of... Like, the Miami Heat would always coast through the season. They'd rest up. The Spurs did the same thing. 
And then they'd get to the postseason and Popovich would be playing Duncan and Ginobili and Parker and all these guys. It's the same thing. Like the Eagles are going to coast through the regular season. It wasn't easy. But then they're just going to get to the playoffs and it's like, all right, it's Nick Foles' time. And Daddy's home. He's gonna go, and he's just gonna be—he's gonna go to the Super Bowl. Uh, the one thing I do like about the Eagles is, unlike other teams that have won the Super Bowl, kind of like the the Golden State Warriors factor of you—they immediately become the bad guy. You don't want to root for him. You're like, God, I don't want this again. The Patriots have become this, and we've seen it with other teams that are good, like the Steelers. Uh, the Chiefs are gonna be that way if Mahomes keeps this up. People are gonna be like, Oh God, the Chiefs, my God. The Eagles faced enough adversity this year where they just completely lost themselves. It was done. It's like, all right, this is, you know, teams that win the Super Bowl, they just don't make it back to the playoffs. We trotted that out over and over and over again this season. And then they just turned it around. They, they sunk so low that we got back on their side, and we started rooting for them. Like, oh, this is something. Like, all right, let's see if the Eagles can get back there. And now they've ascended to now they're in the playoffs. They've, they've gotten past the Vikings, who've gotten their own way. Now they're in. They're up against the Bears, who I'm picking to win. Uh, maybe as a conspiracy theory because I'm so involved in this underdog thing that they got going on. I don't want to go against them. But they're going up against a Bears team that has probably one of the best three, four defenses in the playoffs right now. Khalil Mack's insane. Mitchell Trubisky is the wild card. This comes down to whether or not the Eagles defense, which is middle of the road but not bad, can get to Trubisky, can start make, getting him to make some mistakes. If they can shut down that run game, shut down Cohen, shut down Howard, we're looking at a different ballgame. Philly, cold weather city, so coming to Chicago, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of an advantage. The Nick Foles factor is incredible. Give me the Bears in this one, but this is a game that regardless of who wins, I think is going to be the most entertaining game of the weekend. And come Monday, we're going to be talking about, wow, that was that's up there with one of the better playoff games that we've seen in recent history because it's just you don't know what's going to happen. I would not be shocked if the Eagles won. I would not be shocked if the Bears won. And I think that's exactly what you should be looking for in a wild card game like this. It's a true wild card. I'm very into it. Yeah, look, I think I think this is maybe the best game of the weekend in my eyes from the standpoint of, like, I made the case Chargers and Ravens to me was the most interesting contrast styles and all that, plus a rematch of just a couple weeks ago. And I love this game though with the Eagles and the Bears. I jacked to be out of it. Cannot wait. Uh, I really think this is two teams that aren't afraid to be physical, be nasty. It's two Andy Reid disciples who are very creative. Uh, I think it's going to be a blast to watch. I think it's going to be fun, and I think the Eagles are going to win. Uh, look. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. This for me is the hardest game to pick. I am right down the middle. The reason I am taking the Eagles is I don't trust Trubisky. It just scares the heck out of me. Yeah. And for every and look, we're based in Chicago. For every Bears fan who I'm friends with, Schmitty, if you're listening, sorry. <laughs> okay. I need, now look. I'm not saying he won't do it, but I need to see him do it. Mm-hmm. I need. I was at the Bears Rams game, and I watched him play awful. It was three picks. He was hideous in the game. I need to see Trubisky go out in a big spot and throw for 250 yards, a couple of touchdowns, no picks. I'm not saying he's got to be great. Doesn't have to be you know giving me an all pro performance, but give me something. Mm-hmm. 
and that, that doesn't include 168 yards and picks. Like, I need to see something better than that. I just don't know that he can give it. And the Eagles, God knows, they are battle-tested. Oh, yeah. So, I trust the Bears' defense to the hilt. I think they're great. My worry is Trubisky's going to turn the ball over two or three times, and it's going to be the difference in the game. Maybe it's not. If Trubis- I'll say this. If Trubisky does not turn the ball over, I think the Bears will win. But I'm predicting that the Bears will lose, and the reason being is I think Trubisky will turn the ball over a few times because typically in the past, that's what he has done. Uh, and the Bears have never been in this spot before. They have a lot of guys who've never even played in a big playoff game. I think that matters. And while I think that Soldier Field's a great home field advantage, I would forward the air raid siren going off for every single <laughs> defensive snap. Uh, I, I like the Eagles to find a way to win the game. This is why I think, and I don't disagree with any of your points, because this is a very close neck-and-neck game, so I agree with everything that you said. Uh, but I said this when the, the, the Vikings game was on, why I think it was important that we, we killed Bill O'Brien for keeping Deshaun Watson in longer than he should have, because he does not need to play Deshaun Watson. I think it was important that Matt Nagy did not pull Mitchell Trubisky from that Vikings game because that's as close to a playoff game as he's had since the the Rams game. That was a game where they needed to win. Here's a scenario. You need to go out. You need to win. You're on the road against a good defense, a team that is backed into a corner and has everything to lose. So they're going to be coming out like a rabid animal trying to defend itself. And that's the situation you want Trubisky in. Now, that's completely different from in the playoffs. You have all week to talk about it. You're psyching yourself out about it. Usually these type of things don't go well, and Trubisky's prone to mistakes. But as much I'm with you. I need to see him prove it. But I just feel like the Bears' defense is good enough to get them at least one game in the playoffs. I think maybe the Trubisky shoe drops in the second round. I don't know if it's in the first round because the defense is just so good. The Soldier Field is going to be electric. That crowd is going to be so far behind them. And your favorite thing, the air raid horn is going to be going. That thing's going to be bl- That is going to be a ruckus atmosphere. And that's something, you know, I don't disagree with you that it's not a complete home field advantage because the Eagles are coming in. They're a cold weather team too. But Soldier Field is going to be bumping it away. It hasn't been in a very long time. That, that might be the biggest home field advantage of the weekend when it comes down to it. All fair. Uh, final points here before we wrap up. We know the teams, obviously, that have buys, the Chiefs and the Saints are the one season, their conferences, the Pats and the Rams, the number twos. Of all those teams, which do you believe has the strongest position moving forward and which do you think is the most vulnerable? Of the two conferences? But yeah, of, all the, of those four teams, who do you think is the strongest position going forward to get to the Super Bowl and who do you think is the team most vulnerable to be picked off early? Uh, I mean, the, to me, I'm looking at the NFC and I'm saying that's your conference where you have a lot of the good coaches. And the AFC is your quarterback conference. You've got Brady, you've got Mahomes, and in the NFC, you've got McVay, and you've got uh, down in New Orleans. Breeze. you got Breeze. you got Sean Payton. So I would say, I'm a little hesitant that the Rams are going to be able to do something here because – they just need to prove it to me. Like you said, if Seattle goes up there, that's, that's a matchup you're not looking forward to. And then over in the AFC, I don't want to jinx it, man. <laughs> the, the, the Chiefs, they're, 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 looking, they're looking red hot right now. The, the type of hot that you want to be when you're getting into this with, with Patrick Mahomes and the thing that, things that he's going to do. So I, I'm very hard out on the Rams, but that seems unfair. But give, 
I, I do feel like the, this is the Saints year. Last year we said it was the Saints year and they ran to the Minneapolis miracle, which was by all intents and purposes an actual miracle. Like that should not have happened. I'm I'm very on board with the Saints this year. I think the Saints are the strongest position. Their home field advantage is a huge home field. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody going in there is going to have a brutal time beating them. Oh, yeah. Uh, they are my odds-on favorite to go to the NFC title game and to win it. Uh, but, of course, you know, we'll get to that bridge as we come to it. We'll cross that bridge as we come to it, I should say. I'm not even going to run from this. The Chiefs are the most vulnerable <laughs> team. Because their history <laughs> is an anchor that is 8,000 pounds around their leg as they're tra- trying to swim to the shore. Okay, well, you got look. I get it. Anybody who listens to this knows I'm a Chiefs fan, and everybody who listens to this, God knows, I'm sure at the beginning, if not still now, a lot of Chiefs fans follow this and listen to it out of the people who do listen, and we, we thank everybody who does. I'm not saying that I don't think the Chiefs can go to the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs, if they play their best for two weeks, I think they are going to the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody beats them if they play their best. The fear I have is that defense can't stop anybody. And, and don't talk to me about them stopping the Raiders for three points. That's great. They had a good game. They made some big plays. It's the Raiders. They're not playing the Raiders in the playoffs. No. Okay? They're getting Andrew Luck or Phillip Rivers or that read option offense or the Texans, who scare me probably the least out of anybody, although now I said that, now I'll probably come back and win. Or New England. Mm-hmm. Look, I firmly believe that if all the teams in the AFC play their best games, the Chiefs are the best team. They have a wicked pass rush, and they've got a great offense. And Reed, to me, is as good of a coach as there is. Yep. The fear I have is the Chiefs have had five home divisional games in their history. They are 0-5. Under Andy Reid, they've been to the playoffs every year except one. This is the sixth season there. They have one win under Andy Reid. They beat the Texans when Brian Hoyer was involved. All right? Like, the Chiefs have a long, drawn-out history of just finding the most asinine ways to lose games. The one thing, though, that has to be said, none of those years involve passion. It's true. That, to me, if you're a Chief fan, you want to hang your hat on something, 50 touchdowns over 5,000 yards as a first-year starter. He has been unbelievable. He could be the difference. I also will say, uh, look, you should kind of mention that. I'll leave it at this. The Rams, in, t- in terms of just strictly, like, the way they play, they scare me the most in terms of, like, they could be bounced. Because if they see the Bears or the Eagles or the Seahawks, not saying they wouldn't be able to win the game, but – they do not like getting hit in the mouth. But that's one thing I'll give the Chiefs credit. The Chiefs had a couple games this year where teams punched them in the mouth and they've been able to withstand it and fight back. When teams have punched the Rams in the mouth, the Rams have had a major problem getting off the oh, deck. Yeah. And come the playoffs, I know they're going to be in L.A. It's going to be warm and sunny. They play the Bears and the Eagles, first of all. 60% of the Coliseum's going to oh, yeah. root against them. Oh, yeah. And second of all, like those teams, they're going to punch the Rams in the mouth and say, here we are, come get it. And that's something I, I need to see the Rams – Overcome. That being said, I want to thank our sponsors at Fanatics, as we always do. Go to fanatics.fanside.com, save uh, 20% on your shipping costs with, with the promo code Fansided. You can get all your gear at this point. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know that Fanatics is awesome. They can get you anything you need, a hat, a jersey, a scarf, anything you need for your office. You want to get a gift for somebody, you got a birthday coming up, a little late Christmas gift, a little late Hanukkah gift, you're good to go. No problem. Fanatics has you covered. So we thank them. They're a great partner, of course. And as always, I want to thank you for listening. If you're a first-time listener, thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed it. Please come back. Please give a rating. Please subscribe. Uh, and all these podcasts will be brought straight to you. Check out fansided.com for all your sports entertainment needs. Uh, Josh and I are in here every Sunday. 
typing away. I have my sack and box column that goes up on Mondays. I make my picks on Thursdays. Uh, Hill's always writing columns, writing pieces. So, look, there's a lot to like. There's a lot to sink your teeth into. Had a piece this week by Don Banks. Uh, yep. It was awesome about whether or not offense is taking over the NFL. It's a must-read. Don is a good friend and a great guy and a hell of a writer. Uh, so check that out. We have a lot more coming. Uh, really, genuinely, not saying it because we work here, but legitimately uh, an incredibly exciting time here at Fanside. So make sure to check us out. That being said, for Josh Hill, I am Matt Verderam. 20 teams are home. 12 teams are on the road to the Super Bowl. We'll see who doesn't get lost in the Wild Card weekend, and we'll be back right here next Sunday to break it all down. So enjoy your week. Happy New Year. I'll talk to you then. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com.